You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us right now is Scott Yeager. Scott, of course, is NCBA's Chief Environmental Counsel. Scott, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Ed. So, Scott, did anything happen on the environmental front this week? We had a, a huge milestone happen this week with Administrator Wheeler and Artie James from the Army Corps signing the final repeal of the 2015 WOTUS rule. Okay, so now what does this mean in practical terms? We don't want to get into lawsuits and everything, but, you know, we talked about the zombie WOTUS. You've gotten a little bit of internet internet fame for a, a gift, probably the proudest gift I've ever created of you, um, uh, hitting the zombie WOTUS, played by Max Moncaster, formerly of NCBA, um, with a baseball bat, all in good fun. You didn't actually hit him in that gift. We should make that clear for any lawyers that may be out there. Um, but what does this mean for, uh, for WOTUS and, and for water rules going forward? We have destroyed the zombie WOTUS. By repealing the 2015 rule, it means that all the states in this country revert to the pre-WOTUS rules and guidance. So that's huge, and that's something we're really happy about, and it's something that NCBA has been working towards for the past four years. Okay, so... Um, you know, we saw a lot of headlines come out of this. Predictably, um, some folks on the other side, uh, Hillary Clinton, I saw tweeted yesterday saying this is a big deal. She's right about that. We agree with that. But she said, um, you know, at a time when Americans already have reason to be concerned about access to clean drinking water, uh, the president is uh, repealing major protections. Um, talk a little bit about that. There, there are laws obviously in place still and will always be there protecting uh clean drinking water, right? This isn't going to change that. That's right. This concept that uh, changing WOTUS is going to affect our, our clean drinking water is something that we see across the board that activists have utilized and tried to, to make basically a talking point for their efforts. And now we're seeing Hillary Clinton tweeted out. Uh, the fact of the matter, Ed, is that we have a Safe Drinking Water Act that protects our pl uh, public drinking water sources. That is, does not change. And that continues to protect our water sources. Also, the WOTUS rule from the Obama administration was struck down by two different federal courts. It's an illegal rule. And it wasn't just us saying it. It's two different federal courts saying it. So this idea that, uh, you know, the Trump administration is, is, is destroying the environment is false. It, we, had a, we, were, uh, we had an illegal WOTUS rule on the books. And the repeal that was finalized yesterday fixes that. So it's something that had to be done. It's something we support, and we commend the Trump administration for getting it done. Right, absolutely. And I think most people see through this, you know, the, the sky is falling, the chicken, chicken littleism that is basically the playbook of, of environmental activists, whether it's on drinking water or whether it's on climate change. Uh, if you don't support their particular level recommended level of regulation, then you are for dirty water, you're for dirty air, you're for killing the environment and, you know, bringing about the extinction of the human race or something. So um, so I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Where do we go from here? Um, is it What's the timeline for uh, getting a new rule in place? Sure. And before I go there, Ed, I want to back up and talk a little bit and respond to what you just said. Our cattle producers across the country want clean water want clean air and want clean land so that they can keep their family ranch and their family farm in their family for generations to come. And that's something that we talk about a lot, but it's worth mentioning again. Um, our producers do a lot to steward their land in a way that's environmentally friendly and, and, and sustainable. 
So the idea that we're going out there and, and destroying everything is just false. And we have a lot of protections at the federal and state level that act to make sure that we have sources of drinking water that are potable, that we have land that's clean, et cetera. That's not changing uh, because of the, the WOTUS rule repeal. Um, with that, to answer your question, where does this go next? Well, this repeal of the WOTUS rule means that the 2015 Obama-era WOTUS rule is erased from the Code of Federal Regulations, and that means that this regulatory patchwork that we've been living under across the country all goes back to the pre-WOTUS rules. Okay. Now, while that's better than having WOTUS in place, it's not as good as having a new rule in place that provides the proper limitations to federal jurisdiction and provides clarity to our producers in determining what is and what is not a water of the U.S. And that's what the Trump administration is working on right now. There is a replacement proposal that is working through the administrative process here in D.C. Uh, we commented on it. We support it. We also have specific recommendations to improve that replacement proposal, and we're expecting that rule to be finalized by the end of the year. All right. Something to look forward to. But in the meantime, congratulations. I know you guys worked very hard over the last several years to, to, bring, some, to, to bring some clarity to this and, and to, to kill this uh, WOTUS rule. So congratulations on that and uh, look forward. There's always more work to do in the future. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Now, WOTUS wasn't the only thing that happened in Washington this week. Uh, we saw a big push on Capitol Hill in support of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the USMCA agreement. Congress just got back in town uh, this week from their August recess, so uh, there's a big push to get this moving, uh, especially on the House side. And joining us now is NCBA's Senior Director of International Trade and Market Access, Kent Backus. Kent? Uh, Kent's joining us uh, by telephone from a secret, undisclosed location. Kent, um, how are you doing today? Um, great. Uh, you know, I think this is uh, this is definitely a week for excitement. We've got Congress back, and now it's time for us to take on one of the most important trade agreements uh, that we've seen in a long time, and that's the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Yeah, so what, what can you tell us? I mean, we've been talking about USMCA for most of the year, of course, um, and... You know, it just hasn't been moving in Congress. We're trying to get members of, uh, members of NCBA and, and the cattle community to contact their members of Congress. Uh, what can you tell us about the latest uh, status of negotiations? Is this something that can really move this fall in, in the House with uh, Speaker Pelosi? So over the August recess, uh, the U.S. Trade Representative's Office and other administration officials have been working closely with the House Democrats to address uh, their big four concerns, kind of the last four things they really wanted to see movement on before they can endorse this agreement. Uh, those areas include labor provisions, environment provisions, enforcement provisions, and also uh, trying to uh, address some pharmaceutical uh, prices, some drug prices. So that's really been the focus for the last you know several weeks. Uh, earlier this week, Ambassador Lighthizer sent a formal response to the House Democrats outlining his approach and what he thinks that, that they can do. The Democrats are still not 100% uh, behind this. They still want to see more, especially on the enforcement side. But it looks like they've made a lot of progress. This is a real credit to U.S. Trade Representative's Office for, for going out of the way to really be responsive to Capitol Hill. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think we're very close. Uh, we see a lot of messaging from House Republicans and even some Democrats saying that we have the votes. We just need the Speaker to bring this to the floor 
so that we can start that process. Uh, so right now, the big thing is, you know, we, we need to we need to show that support for this agreement. We need to, to show that this is a priority and that we need Congress uh, to, to do their job and to, to vote on this as soon as possible. So the challenge there is that, you know, there are a lot of members of Congress who have publicly endorsed the USMCA, but there's still a good number that haven't taken any position on this. And for those who are out there, I think it's now, now it's time for us to really hold our elected officials responsible. We need to hold them accountable. We need to, to have them take a position on this. They can either publicly support the USMCA or they can explain why they won't. And they can tell our farmers and ranchers why they can't support one of the most significant improvements in trade that we've seen in a long time. And that's what this is. This improves NAFTA. This brings NAFTA into the 21st century. So now is the time to act. And our, our, our members of Congress need to be held accountable. They need to take action on this. And it's our job to make sure that they know how important this is. Yeah, and um, there's an old saying in politics, you know, you can have the best idea, the best legislation in the world, um, but until they feel the heat, they don't see the light and they may not... Uh, you know, take action on something unless they feel a negative downside on that. And I, I thought of that. I saw a Washington Post op-ed. It was by the editorial board. The Washington Post editorial board is certainly no uh, friend of, of the Trump administration or, you know, really, you know, biz business in general a lot of times. Um, but they ran a, a big piece, and it's a Democrat sh should give Trump a win on his trade deal with Mexico and Canada. And they basically said if Pelosi brings it to the floor, um, it should have a strong bipartisan majority. They said it's a real improvement over the status quo. Um, it most, mostly leaves NAFTA intact or changes it in ways that Democrats and their union allies have long demanded. So, um, you know, we, we have a role to play. Um, maybe the Washington Post editorial board will have sway with, with uh, Speaker Pelosi and, and her leadership team in the House. Um, so can, how can folks get in touch? How can, how can cattle producers get in touch with their members of Congress uh, to, to make sure that they understand the urgency of getting this UNC, USMCA deal done through the, through the House? Well, I think the, the best thing you can do is to call. Uh, it's important that you call your members of Congress. Uh, call their Washington office, call their district office, and call them, uh, you know, until they say they're willing to support this. Uh, you know, we need we need that there. And then we need them to publicly speak about it. We need them to talk about how important this is. Uh, so that's what we can do. We can call, we can write. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Congress is only going to be here for the next couple of weeks, and then they're taking another two-week break. You know, they're, they're going to be back uh, in mid-October. I mean, we're already, at that point, we're already pushing this even closer to Christmas. Uh, we have got to light a fire under Congress to get moving on this. We've got to move this quickly. And this is a win. This is a win for everyone. This is a win for agriculture. This is a win for labor. This is a win across the board. There's no legitimate reason not to bring up this trade bill. And so we have to hold our elected officials accountable. And we've got to take action today. Yep, absolutely. And as the Washington Post wrote earlier earlier this week, said Demo Democrats can't really object given their past position. So I think they have a responsibility to, to at least allow this to come up to a vote, and we have to make sure that they feel the heat, um, you know, until they do so. So, uh, Kent, thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. 
Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at @beltwaybeef. Thanks for listening.